Hollywood Cole here for the H&K Video Game Experience here with Clearfire. What's up, Clearfire? What's going on, man? Well, today let's talk a little bit about Mandalorians. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, after our last podcast, we got a kind, of, kind of got into a little Mandalorian banter and uh, also some MCU stuff that I'm getting caught up on. So, and uh, that's what I said, man, we got to do an MCU podcast, so we'll definitely do one of those at some point, because there's a lot I'm missing out on, a lot of, and, well, I won't get into all that, because there's a lot of stuff I've got questions about, yeah. but in this podcast, uh, Mandalorian, Man- the Mandalorian new season just came out, um, I've watched the first two episodes, and have you uh, watched this, have you gotten to the third one at all, or what, how many have you oh, yeah. seen so far? Okay. I've, I've watched all the episodes. Um, I've watched one and two multiple times. I've actually only watched the third one, which came out today. I've only watched it once. I hadn't watched it again yet. And I've been doing mainly that because I've been trying to pick up on all the little nuances in there, because it's, it's, there's lore laden episodes and i've actually been uh messaging uh text messaging swinging thunder back and forth because he's got a little deeper knowledge of that whole backstory of the mandalorians than i do and just kind of getting his feeling going oh my gosh you know basically in the middle of the day texting him saying oh my gosh dude the new episode so awesome he's like i haven't had a chance to see it yet and so it's just been kind of fun going back and forth with him about that and kind of chatting that up and um, yeah, dude, I've been pumped about Mandalorian because I really loved the first two seasons and I loved Mandalorian 2.5, aka Book of Boba Fett. Um, yeah, I, so love, I love Boba Fett. It's so it's good. Yeah, Boba Fett. There will be no, <laughs> don't worry, there will be no Boba Fetts in this episode. It'll be I only Boba it. Fetts if it's ever brought I love up. it. So, um, I will say this. So, we, we've watched the first, I've watched the first two episodes, and, it's, and so there will be spoilers here. There will be spoilers. Absolutely. That, and it's okay. You can spoil. The third episode for me, if, it, if it's whatever you are want to come up with, um, and I said it'll probably help me anyway. But um, you know, as we talked about, so spoiler start now. The first two episodes, obviously, he's taking his helmet off, and uh, he needs to. He's not a Mandalorian anymore. He's an apostate, and now he needs to go bathe in the mines of the old Mandalorian city, whatever it was called. And guess what? He does. And that's two hours worth of stuff right there. That's two hours <laughs> yeah. of episode right there. And that's I mean, all I, I got out of that. I mean, honestly, that's kind of like the, if you wanted the super, super, super high level detail, that's basically what the first two episodes were <laughs> in essence about. But um, some of the meat that he's leaving out there is, um, you know, of course, if you've watched season two of the Mandalorian, you watch the finale. That is the point at where, um, Din Djarin, the Mandalorian is referencing the fact that he took his helmet off in front of people because he actually took it off in front of, um, Grogu or as people affectionately know him as baby Yoda, um, before Grogu went off with Luke Skywalker to be trained. And, if you didn't watch Book of Boba Fett, you, you, you miss a gap there because season two ends with Din Djarin and Grogu going their separate ways. And then in episode one of season three, they're back together in the 
Naboo starfighter that's just yeah. insanely souped up. And you're like, well, what happened there? You know, well, there's a lot of time between. And that's something that this is the one thing that the, the Mandalorian doesn't do a good job of explaining. There's actually a lot of time that happens between one, these two seasons and even just between the episodes themselves. Some of them feel like it's just like a, you know, sequence of just tons of day, you know, almost like a month or whatever. But no, actually, a lot of these seasons take place over, you know, a year's span worth of time or even more than that. So that's something that you have to keep in mind oh, because yeah, yeah. it'll throw you off if you don't do that because, you know, the scenery's changing. Uh, Navarro, for one example you know when you first see navarro in season one you're like oh my gosh this is a terrible looking you know gangster town and then in season two it's kind of picked up a little bit because uh grief cargo's kind of cleaned it up a little bit and in season three you're like holy cow what in the world has happened you know because it's like this beautiful metropolis so, so you know who's crazy grief? so yeah that's right it, it's all cleaned up and you know there's a who's grief is that carl weathers that's carl grief weathers Car- that's a okay. that's a that's a good old uh uh apollo creed there yeah i knew he'd clean it up <laughs> but, apollo creed will clean up anything <laughs> so uh yeah so uh i was wondering if uh so yeah he cleaned it up and that and so this is at the very probably one of the very beginnings this was pretty cool that the pirates uh they wanted to go and drink in this place this bar that they created essentially the, their bosses they shared money with apollo creed and uh Apollo Creed, they opened up a, a bar yeah. there, and I they mean, turned Apollo it into Creed, a library. Yeah. yeah, Apollo Creed took money from the space pirate, I forget his name, um, that's kind of leading this group, and used that money to build the bar when it was run down, beat up, gangster Navarro. Yeah. And so they turned it into a library to be respectable, and so... Turned it into a school. A school, yeah, a school. So, no, I want to... Pirates like, I still want to drink here. And so then it was a showdown. Right with the with the old Western draw, yeah. you know who's going to draw first, and then and then Mando's just sitting off in the cut watching. You know he's on uh, Apollo's side; he's just waiting, and he ends up saving the day and kills the pirates as well. But it was well, really I mean, that was cool. Apollo's like, okay. got to have his Rocky. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, <laughs> all right, this is cool. This is uh, I kind of like this. This is kind of at the beginning of it. Well, you get to see you also get to see Grief Carter kind of show he show his worth again because you know it, it, season one of course he pulled put it off as you know one trying to get back at din for you know basically burning him on the bounty of p- collecting grogu but then two you know you see this and you actually see that grief cargo is not a guy to really mess around with he's kind of han solo-esque you know, probably Orlando not Calrissian esque running I that mean, city, the Sky I, City, I, and everything. I think he's kind of in between the two because Lando's like a step down from Han, and I think that he's like fits right in between the two because he's kind of got the smoothness of the Lando because Lando had some like cool smoothness. Well, he was a smuggler or something with Han, and then all of a sudden he's running a city later. Yeah. Well, I mean. Yeah, but still, it's just, you know, I, I picture that Han's just that one above because he always seems to take something else to the next level every time. And, of course, you know, it's the way it's written in the story. But either way. Um, but you so, finally get to see Grief Karga is like, okay, he's not got to mess with because, you know, he shoots the gun out of the other guy's hand. And then when the other pirates that are around him decide to go rowdy, 
Den's like, uh-uh, uh-uh, guys, uh-uh, you're all dead. And he goes, pop, 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 pops them all except for the one. The one runs back to the space pirate saying, hey, we got into some trouble in Navarro. And that's basically yeah. it. Did uh, Is Grief, um, is he a character from outside of this, uh, from the Disney Grief, as far as, as far as I know, Grief is created they, within, Mandalorian. Si- yeah, within Mandalorian. He's not okay. like... He's not like, I don't know him as a character in yeah. like the legends or anything like that. I've never read his name before. Okay. And yeah. most of the, most of these characters are, there's, there's not a lot of characters that are, um, like from the legends or even canon in Mandalorian. I mean, you get introduced to some, but none of the main characters are mainline. I mean, Grogu's not, Din's not. Grief Karg is not, and as far as I know, Moff Gideon, I don't think Moff Gideon is. Yeah. So. Yeah, well, yeah, so that's, yeah, that is like that. No, that's cool, I mean, though. Bo-Katan's expanding really it. the only one that, that well, carries yeah, true. high name, you know, that, that has a history, you yeah. know. But outside of that, it's like, no, I mean, most of your characters don't have a history. And that's really great because you get to see a whole new environment of Star Wars. And that's really great because you get back to more of that old western style that was in that four five and six yeah um yeah and so then this was pretty cool i kind of like how they i mean it was they so they're getting up now they try to fly around and then the whole time um you know mando's teaching grogu how to here's what it means to be a bounty hunter you are a mandalorian you have to know your navigation it's just you're going to go all over the universe or whatever it's basically leading up to this fact well the later on that may be. Did I jump to the oh, next one? No, no. So, so you show this. So, what Holly was explaining is like you get to see this beautiful relationship that has really grown between Grogu and Din. He's really just taking it on as Grogu's his son. I mean, he literally has. He's he's that tight to him. Grogu goes everywhere with him, and Grogu holds its own as well. You know, one of the things that Hollywood kind of jumps past is is the fact that you know Din is having to go bathe in the waters of the mines of Mandalore to basically be forgiven of his quote-unquote sin of taking off his helmet. Oh my gosh! Which, <laughs> that's one side of the Mandalorian factions, which is called the Watch. They're very, they're, they're religious zealots. Or zealots, sorry, I didn't say that right. But um, And they have a very strict code they live by, and they always say, this is the way. That's where this is the way comes from. It's all about that. They're trying to keep that main old, old way of thinking for the Mandalorians. Whereas Bo-Katan is of a different belief. And that's kind of where the two sects divided. And so Bo-Katan takes her helmet off anytime in season two. You see that happen in Din Djarin's like, whoa, you took your helmet off. You're not a Mandalorian. You can't be a Mandalorian. That's when Bo-Katan kind of tells him, starts telling him things that, goes against what he's been taught from the watch and he's like i don't know what to believe you start seeing some cracks in what the watch has taught din and what Bo has told din and you kind of see the back and forth between the two beliefs because from what he's been told of the watch is is the watch says that the planet of mandalore is poisoned it's uninhabitable it's desolate destroyed gone there's no way that you'll ever be able to be a mandalorian again because the minds of mandalore are absolutely gone and t- 
totally can't get into. And so Hollywood was talking about how Grogu and well, how Din was telling Grogu about star maps and teaching them. He's doing this as he's flying to, and I can't remember the name of the planet, but it's close to Mandalore. It's in the same system as Mandalore that Bo-Katan is now on and where her quote unquote new castle is. And as they fly into this planet, they see it and he points out, he's like, that's a Mandalorian castle to Grogu. And Grogu is kind of like, Oh, you know, Grogu's making more sounds. He's, you know, Sounding more like a yeah, he's still he's making baby sounds. Yeah, and it's really cool. You and get he's these like cool 50 sounds. Something, yeah, it's baby sounds, yeah. and so they're making him cute and all this. Uh, and he's bad. He's awesome. <clears throat> yeah, he's, like he, he, I want to see mess, some of the stuff that Luke you. taught him. Right, he's just mm-hmm. kind of pushing stuff around still. Well, and uh, you get you you get a little scene of that in see in episode two. You know. Okay. The, well, of, don't, of, of what he I, does. I'm not jumping. To <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't remember. I think because I got up and. Or I you fell know, asleep right there, and I not, not not to knock on it, but I was dead. That's time. fine. Oh, but, uh, dead we're, we're we're old guys. We fall asleep yeah. in the middle of anything. We fall asleep in the middle of dinner if you give us a chance. Well, one thing that was cool was that um, when the pirates start chasing him, and he's oh, that yeah, little, that little like starfighter right is pretty yeah. cool. And yeah. then they they pull up, they're trying to get away, and like the last minute, the whole mat, the whole massive uh, real yeah. pirate ships there, and that pirate captain looked awesome. They did a good oh, job designing he, him. Uh, he looks. He reminds me of like a space uh, pirate. Gosh, just, no, Davy yeah, Jones. Yeah, Davy Jones of Pirates of uh, the Caribbean. Pirates Caribbean with the whole long squid kind of look, but he's yeah. like it's more like, like swamp like thing kind of mix or something. Yeah, yeah, it looks so cool though. It looks really cool. It's great. Like algae yeah, on his Hollywood's nose and everything. Is really awesome looking. I thought somebody took a time to design that he's going to have a more part, better part, and he just said like two things, and it was over. Yeah, but if remember, I'm we're sure it's only to season three. He's I mean, we're back. only to episode three so far. And if anything like the past seasons, those characters always come back. Always. I mean, Grief Karga is an example of that, you know. Oh, my yeah. gosh. So that was pretty cool. That. Yeah, that was a cool part. Now, a part like, that we did forget about and we leave out was um, when he was on the planet with Grief Karga talking about it. The whole reason why Din came to the planet uh, to to Navarro was to get IG eleven back. Oh yeah, yeah, and yeah. And he needed IG eleven to help him navigate the mines of Mandalore because he needs somebody to go ahead of him to check to make sure it's safe, not poisonous, not going to die by just jumping down here. And so the coolest thing is is IG eleven in season was it two or one. I can't remember. Uh, I think one. it might have been. It, it might, yeah, it was one. It yeah. was when they were was trying to get Grogu out. First, when first Moff, when, yeah, when Moff Gideon um, had them cornered in the um, like Cantina Bar yeah. area there in Navarro, where they had finally gotten oh, out. Yeah, that was at the end of season and one. And they're com- they're coming down the like lava river, and IG Eleven's like, I can't be captured. My program won't allow me. And this is after he's been reprogrammed by oh gosh what's the guy's name now yeah. i'm gonna forget his name i have um, spoken he goes, i have spoken yeah it's, it's, i love that you know it's um, nick nolte's character yep and so like <laughs> he's been reprogrammed at that point to be a nurse droid for grogu and he's taking care of grogu like awesome and he's like i can't be captured so he walks out in the lava shoots all of the stormtroopers and all the people that moth gideon sent down there and basically lets them escape helps them escape that part and so what 
Grief Karga has done. He has enshrined him in bronze and made a statue of him and put him in the city square as the hero of Navarro. And it's really cool, you know, because you're just like up there. And and Din's like, I need him. I need him to help me. And Grief's like, dude, he's just parts, dude. It's nothing. He's like, well, we can turn him back on, right? Well, you can try. So they pull him in. They try. And I get Terminator 2 flashbacks when they turn him on because they turn him on and all of a sudden he's like looks at Grogu and goes I have to kill kill target kill target I mean he just <laughs> focuses on trying to kill him and so Din throws Grogu to grief and he's trying to keep Grogu safe and then you just have this like half bodied IG-11 trying to crawl across the floor and this one um one of those little Droid puppets from Fraggle Rock. <laughs> you remember, remember the things that yeah. he does construction things? That's exactly it. So working like, on stuff, push it over. It's so like, uh, I can't remember if Greek Argo pushes it over. For the, no, it's one of those little droid. Fraggle Rock things. Well, it, but anyways, the, push, droid, yeah. But yeah, the droid pushes it over because there's a droid that looks kind of like C-3PO, but the face is all jacked up. And that's the best way I can explain it. And pushes this like bronze bust of grief carga onto the head of IG 11 that's crossing, crawling across the floor and hits him. And Din looks down at it, looks up at grief and goes, that's using your head. <laughs> and you know, that's like the one and joke. It, that, it that, pauses that and it pauses for five seconds and you're supposed to clap. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Good, good joke, man. And so they go. Whoever said that. After all that happens, they go to this uh, little place. And if you remember the guy from, oh gosh, I can't remember which. Uh, I think it's on in episode eight when um, C3PO had to get um, his memory back. Because he had like a memory wipe and he had the red eyes when he started thinks thinks of all the crazy stuff. That same character, they go visit him in Navarro or at least somebody like him. And it's this little place where Din can only sit down cross-legged in and that's how high, how tall it is. And they're in there working on all of these droids and everything they start working on ig11 and they're like we can't fix them we got to have a memory chip we got to have this new memory chip and this is kind of what drives uh din to you know go off to find a memory chip but he wanted to get um bo katan to go with him and actually just to join them so he didn't have to go through the whole point of being an apostate anymore he can be the other type of mandalorian but aside from that Grogu picks up one of these little guys and tries to carry him off. And they have to keep on telling, no, Grogu, he's not a pet. He's not a pet. Leave him alone, you know? And so it's just really funny with that whole back and forth there. And so Din, of course, flies off, has a pirate fight. He goes to Bo-Katan. He lands in front of Bo-Katan's uh, castle after telling Grogu about star maps. He walks up to Bo-Katan, and he's like, I'm here to join your Mandalorian group, you know, basically. And she's and like, nobody's there. Nobody's there. She's on her by her, herself. It's, it's her that her and a droid in this huge castle. And she's like, they're all gone. I didn't come back with the dark saber, so they all left. If you want them, go wave the dark saber in front of them, and they'll follow you. And that's basically it. And he says, I'm going to the man's man, uh, mines of Mandalore to cleanse myself of yeah. my misgivings and. 
just wanted you to know. And she's like, well, it's place is terrible, destroyed. Mines aren't, you know, I'll be surprised. Yeah, they don't even mines. know if it's inhabitable, the planet's exactly. inhabitable or not. You know, she's just like, it's it's so destroyed. And so I got to say that he goes to he goes to his little mechanic. I love her. I love her. See, I don't <laughs> like her, man. I don't like her that much. And here's why. I think they missed an opportunity. They missed an opportunity to, and I know that they're trying to make her real smooth talking and stuff, but it's just not, it's just kind of corny to me, but you could, if you had like a cool, like vent, you know, somebody that's super like sarcastic and like just always making jokes, but kind of scandalous, but you like him, but you tell he's ripping people off and that's what she's doing sometimes, but like a Vince Vaughn type of character that always can kind of justify it with something stupid and just kind of a fast talking guy to where it's like, you don't have to be a guy. I'm not saying that, but just any, any character there yeah so, so it and but i mean that could be like because i see that they're trying to get there and she doesn't get there to me to me she's trying hard to be that I, and it's not working I, I see what you're saying there um i kind of think um it, I, I mean i feel like she's watto 2.0 if you remember watto from episode one uh you know, who the is the little flying guy that uh, oh yeah 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 okay you know uh that uh anakin was slave yeah to. yeah yeah it's kind of watto 2.0 but nice, you know, this, yeah. if Watto was nice, this would be Watto, you know, not too smooth, not too funny, but has this way with parts and technology and ways with droids and Jawas. She actually has a good back and forth with Jawas, and that's hilarious because you get to see the Jawas a little more. I, yeah. I like that. I like the scenarios that she's in. But I just wish that it could, you know, just feel like when I'm watching, I'm kind of feeling like yeah. it's just not getting there, man. But you just missed a great opportunity to have a memorable, a super memorable yeah. character that when they go there, you're like, oh, yeah, I get to see, uh, you know, exactly. this character. Yeah. And what, but, what's up? What are they up to now? There's no telling, you know. I love her relationship with Grogu. Yeah. she's got. Yeah, she when Dan flies in and lands and she's like, you got little buddy with you? And Grogu pops his head up and he's like, oh, it's my friend. And he does a jumping Jedi flip from the Naboo <laughs> starfighter into her arms. And she's like, wow, you've learned some cool new things. And he basically makes a new sound to her. And she's like, oh, I think he said his first word. You know, <laughs> it's just because it, it's cool because you see that kind of interaction. I, and I kind of see it more for that than I do for what she's yeah. trying to do outside of that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And I, and I, you're right. You see it for what it is. I see it from, just my film background when they just yeah. when they have to write and make up characters, I'm looking at it from that perspective. Like somebody, yeah. somebody whoever wrote the story from scratch kind of missed an opportunity, is what I'm saying. Oh but, no, uh, I, yeah. I, I mean I get it, I get that, and I, and I agree with you on that point as well too. Um, nothing against her or anything like that. Yeah. She's just reading whatever she's told, and she does the exactly. best she can with it. I'm sure, but but he's but, flying there to get a IG memory unit. This was trying to find yeah. because he wants IG fixed and the little critters in that hole in the wall place said that's the only way they can fix it is new memory unit so he goes there to ask her if he can get a new memory unit and she's like okay i'll ask the jawas the jawas are already there because they've been helping them steal parts because it's the boonta eve <laughs> which is that big race that was in uh Episode, episode one, one of Star yeah. Wars. And so it's that time know that's what there. It yeah, it's, it's that time of the year there, um, uh, there on Tatooine. And so 
they're stealing parts off of these speeders and then she picks up and you know these people bring these speeders in for her to fix and then she just gets the jollas to bring the parts back in and put it back on and they charge them stupid money you know running a scam it's kind of funny <laughs> but um the jollas like now yeah we can't get that we've we've not seen one of those in years we just can't get it and so she basically fast talks den into buying this beat up r5 unit yeah, a terrible and, one and he's like r5 is like uh-uh no he's i ain't scared. going i don't want to go he's scared today he don't want to leave he's like i am happy right here and she's like i'll give you back to the jawas and you tell you can tell he is not happy being with the jawas so he's like fine whatever you know so they clean him up they put him into the naboo starfighter and they take off to mandalore and this is where the fun really cranks up um <laughs> <laughs> they land. They they get there. They land when they're um they land in an area where Din thinks this is where the capital city could have been, and where his best chance of getting to the mines of Mandalore would be. And he tells the R five, "All right, R five, go out there and scan the environment for me to make sure it's not toxic. Let me know." R five goes, "Uh uh-uh. uh." I mean, he literally shakes his head. Uh, uh-uh. he's like, not, not gonna do it. Dan was like, it wasn't a question. Presses a button, it shoots him down out of his, <laughs> out of his Naboo <laughs> starfighter. Poor little R five rides around, and Grogu looks back at Dan and gives him this look like, but he's gonna get hurt. We gotta go help him. And Dan's like, he's gonna be fine. And like a little bit of time passes, and he's like, R five, R five, R five doesn't respond. So Dan's like, I got to go. All right. (laughs) Keep yourself in the cockpit. Let me go check him out. He gets out there, checks him out. You know, he goes down to where the R5 unit was. You hear it has fallen over. Well, you don't know this yet, but he drops down and all of a sudden something hits him. And so he's fighting these gremlin things. It makes me think of the Morlocks from the movie The Time Traveler, if you remember that. Uh uh, yeah. And so he's fighting those. He whips out the dark saber and at this point he's kind of like the trolls from Willow too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And so he whips out the dark saber and it's super heavy for him at this point. He's having a hard time picking it up. Because it weighs him down, is that what it is? The longer you have it. The more he the more he uses it, the more it weighs down oh, and all that it's harder that. to deal with that and so he's, you could tell it and he's just yeah. fighting it's almost like it's a oh, hindrance cool. in his fight and so he f- ends up fending these off he sees r5 he picks him up um he he gets back over to the starfighter grogu's happy that r5's okay they scan the environment what do you know the environment's actually safe to breathe it's not toxic so the watch has been lying to him because they said it's poisoned, oh, but it's yeah. not. So this is where he starts having this kind of. Okay, yeah, you don't see, see it that much, but you, but you start, you start seeing that he's kind of like, because he goes, Bo-Katan was right. So it's like he starts having this. He starts almost questioning his faith at this point, and I think this is going to be an underlying thing throughout the whole season yeah. of. Does he really feel like the watch is true Mandalorian culture, or does he feel Bo-Katan being from a royal family line? Actually, the last royal family line is that a is that what Mandalorian culture is about, or is this Mandalorian culture some middle ground between the two? Because right now the two are very much uh uh-uh, uh. No, we think two totally different ways. So you you see that struggle start to happen a little bit. So. 
Him and Grogu, of course, go in the mines. They tell R5 to stay back because they don't want R5 to get get him in trouble. R5's happy to stay with the, the fight, the, the starfighter. He's like, fine, leave me here. I'm good. And so they go in. Of course, Din gets us in trouble, you know, as they go down trying to find the mines. And something catches him. I don't, I don't know what it is. I don't, uh, I've not cool seen this little stuff. Creature. It's so cool. <clears throat> creature is awesome. So it's like this creature that's like, it's a big spider looking thing, right? It's all robotic. The eye looks like a normal. It's like the uh, the seeing thing is like an eye looking mm-hmm. through water or something. It's like magnified in the front of it. It's like an orange light. And so you're, you're like, okay, what is the kind of thing is this? This is going to be cool. And then he captures them and all, and then the little thing breaks off and it's a, another little something yes. riding in there. <laughs> so it's like so our cool. half robot thing, which we learned later that it breaks off again. Oh my but gosh, I was so wishing cool. they would break it open. I wanted to see what was in there oh, so bad. Too. Oh, yeah. So anyways, Grogu, of course, is in his little you know pod thing that they've souped up. Like, this thing is a super pod at this point. You know, just awesome. And so Grogu zips back out of the mines, you know, because they're down several levels down. Like, they went really deep. And so he shoots back up. And as he's coming back out, uh, I think one of those, like, creatures there at the beginning... Yeah, you know, uh, or or when they first like went into him. the mine, kind of corner them. All of a sudden, you just see it fly out of the mouth of the cave where they had entered, and then Grogu's little pod just coming up, and yeah, Grogu's still- like, "Yeah, I got you, fool." <laughs> you know, he's happy and everything. He gets into the Naboo Starfighter and flies off, and he goes to Bo Katan because Grogu's. I mean, um, Din said, "If you ever get in tr- if we get in trouble down here." Go well, to he Bo-Katan. told him. He said because because Grogu's watching. Grogu's in his little Professor X little thing floating around <laughs> but then he gets out when he gets when uh dn gets caught and then he's dn's getting just it's like it's gonna get roasted or something it's gonna get exactly. something like cooked or something you know what i mean fusion or something get some kind of needle in his yeah. neck and whatnot it's and all kinds like, of crazy get bo katana all right bo katan <laughs> and like <laughs> And Gargoyle just jumps his uh, little pod and, shoop, and that's when he out. zaps that thing and he doesn't he he zaps out the you know the planes coming in and um the the droid that was with Bo Katan says it looks like we got an unscheduled visitor again and Bo looks at up through the windows like I told him not to come here let's get rid of him for good you know basically she's like ready to kill him and be done with him and like, so what's she, she goes, what's her problem with him man I didn't really understand that like because he has the dark saber. And if she kills him, he she, he gets she gets exactly. It back. She, but okay. she doesn't want to kill him because he is like she knows that he has some type of importance. She doesn't understand it. She doesn't know what's going on yet, and it's that's me inferring some stuff. But it just kind of plays that way. And so she walks out and she's like, I told you that I wanted to be left alone. And all of a sudden, Grogu's head pops up, and she's like, Where's Din? And then next thing you see, they're flying off with R5. They did take R5 with them. You know, they left the Naboo Starfighter there. And they go in a different one, and they fly off. And as they're coming in, you know, Bo-Katan, throughout the whole thing of getting back to where Din was with Grogu, she's telling him about Mandalore. And so you start seeing this relationship with her starting to form now. You're like, okay, what's going on here? Because you've got Bo-Katan which is hardcore Mandalorian princess, queen, whatever you want to call her, fam- royal family. And she's now starting to get this connection with Grogu. And you kind of see that start to develop because she starts telling him these things and telling him 
this stuff that you kind of almost feel like a mother would tell their child or father would tell their child. Same thing that Din's doing. So you kind of see these kind of things develop. And so Bo goes down. Bo kills everything. Obliterates everything. You know, she's got this cool, I mean, if you remember from season two, she's got a shield that kind of is like a hollow shield. It's really cool looking. And she gets to pick up the Darksaber. And she starts using it, you know, to fight in that. And, of course, she can wield it better than Din at this point because Din's had it for too long and it's weighed him down. It's, it's like a super heavy sword. She just obliterates with it. It looks fantastic. Saves Din. They start um, eating this food that's, like, um, special to, like, yeah, Mandalorian. like all the, all the all Mandalorian children eat, eat this and everything. Like and Pop-Tarts. They're like, we've never had this, you know, and they're just, it's just like, what? Yeah. You're like, you call this yourself is like a Mandalorian. Exactly. This is like a rite of passage for all Mandalorian kids. And so they stand, they get ready to leave after Dan's feeling better. And after Grogu's had some food, because Grogu, that little thing for being as small as he does, I mean, he eats a lot. <laughs> he eats almost in every single episode. He's yeah. eating something. It's crazy. But it's funny, too, because I love when he eats the frogs. That's hilarious. Yeah. <clears throat> but. There, uh, she's like, Boca. I was like, all right, let's go. You've come down here. You see, there's no, there, no. Nah, let's just go. You're, we're gonna die if we go any further. There's just too much here. And Dan's like, no, no, no. I gotta do it. I'm gonna do it with or without you. And she's like, okay, let's go. And so she goes. They get there into the mine, the, the mines, the waters. He takes <laughs> off some of his gear, but he leaves his helmet on. He leaves some other stuff on. He goes in the water. He steps too far and falls in the deep end, basically. Yeah, and, this part. So, so but, he he oh, walks in. First of all, he walks in. I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you pick it up. But this is what yeah. this is what uh, was kind of funny. He walks in and he's giving saying this creed, and he walks in. And he's kind of like waist high. Okay, then he's neck high, and then it's like gone. And then Bo jumps in to save him, and it's this massive canyons worth of like deep sea, <laughs> and it's like what in the world? Where did he go? Insane. <laughs> It's like I thought it was just a pool, like a Roman bathtub or something. And that's that's what I thought. That's what I thought too. And so, like, and I can't remember if it was earlier in this episode or in episode one, or if it's like at the very beginning of episode three. But Bo's talking, talking about the legend of there being like a mythosaur in these waters. You know, the, the waters and the cavern here was a mythosaur layer. And she's like, I've never seen it. But it's legend, and, you know, she doesn't believe in any legends at all. Like, at this point, before she steps into the water, she doesn't believe in any of the legends at all. She just thinks it's all a bunch of rubbish to try to either scare people off or to keep them away from uh, uh, Mandalore. But she goes in there, and she's swimming. And as she's swimming, all of a sudden, you see this kind of, like, weird-looking kind of rock stuff, and then you see this eye open up and kind of look at her. You know, I just thought of something right there. What if they put the Mandalorians put that there? Because if you take your helmet off, oh, you go bathe in there, then you get eaten and you're dead. And uh, yeah, see, they don't want anybody Could to get be. redeemed. That's going to be, be a, that's going to be the reveal because, later. Because I'm telling you, I, and I forget what the, the, the armorer, they could just call her the armorer. That's like yeah. the leader of the watch. Yeah, you can tell there's something she, with her. You can tell something's up. You can tell because she doesn't want Din to, you know, 
be forgiven of his sins. So basically what it is. And she just wants him gone. You can just yeah. kind of tell it because when she says this is the way, it's like she has this weird pause and then she goes, this is the way. And that's it. It's so deadpan, so flat. Yeah, fantastic goes, acting. Like the, whoever's doing the armor is doing a fantastic job, but it's just you can she, feel the Yeah, well, he says, you know, I can, I'm going to go bathe in the – so what? how do what I do to get redeemed? He said, well, you got to bathe in the mines of Mandalore. And she's like, those are destroyed. And she just sits there. This is the way. I mean, like, what do you want me to do about it? Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't care. You're gone. And then you're she's you're like, Mandalore no more. He's like, I'll prove it. And then – uh that's so it. mad. So she, yeah, she's just like, whatever. So I mean, it's not my problem. You're the one that oh, did yeah. it. So <clears throat> they do that, and she saves him, and that's the end of episode two. Episode three, they are right there at the shore of the edge of the pools or whatnot, and just kind of talking. And she asks, "Did you see that?" He goes, "I saw water. I don't know what you're talking about." I didn't see anything. Okay, well, I didn't see anything either. It's kind of, she kind of plays it off a little bit. But she knows that she saw this mythosaur, and I think that's what they call it. I can't remember exactly. It was something like that. And she's kind of got this whole different thought pattern now. You start seeing that build out in the episode three. And I actually don't want to get any further than that because... Oh. It, so episode three, you have this happen... Something happened to the three of them. Well, four if you count R5. And then the episode cuts to something completely different. Oh, okay. And then the end of episode three. I want to see it now. Then the end of episode three, it goes back to the four of them. And then it ends on a really like almost, I'm not going to say mind blowing thing, but kind of like. Definitely a cliffhanger Whoa, thing. where are they yeah. going with that? You know, what are they doing with that? Like, you start oh, seeing man. that. Okay, because, I'm turning it on then. So, it's because, a great episode, but the middle part is just, I think it's too long. I think they, oh, sh- they no. could have wrapped it up and kind of brought it in tighter. You can fast forward through a lot of it because I don't think it's big. It's the very first part of that middle part of who it's centered on. And then the end of what happens to that person that matters is the really. only parts that are important in that everything well, else in the middle is this big huge filler it's a filler episode i mean you know you're well, gonna so have that's them. the thing too it's not like we were talking about boba fett and the uh how the first three episodes are just like oh, dude okay get on with it man and uh there's nothing of importance happening here he's just learning from the sand people learn how to fight and you could do that in a in a karate kid like you know, it's, oh gosh, yeah. Whatever I mean, they used to do, those little montages and like, but so heavy with backstory. Yeah, it was just too much, that. too much. And same way for for this, it's kind of like, hey, we got a good story for season three, but we can basically tell it in three episodes. Okay, well then let's come up with something. Let's drag this out. Let's drag out the whole, you know, getting bathed in the waters of Mandalore. Which, okay, great, he did it. Is he going to prove it? You know, this whole thing. Does he matter? Does he care? But, but the stuff that, you know, I brought up, you know, like saying, you know, this that's two hours worth of stuff, but you're putting in this other stuff in there that's helping me kind of go, oh, yeah, I didn't even think about that, about how I didn't catch that they told him it was poisonous uh, in its breathable air. And so he's turning that way, and then she seems to be like, okay, well, they told me that there was not a monster. So you find the truth right in the middle somewhere, seems like, for with the Mandalorians. It's a, it's a it, So the first two episodes are really great in 
opening up a story that you're not expecting to have. Because you're expecting to have an adventure with Grogu and Din. Well, actually, if you didn't watch Bo- Boba Fett or Mando 2.5, you're just expecting to have an adventure with Mando. And how does Mando or Din, how does he get back to Grogu? You know, because that's what you're expecting yeah. when you if start season one. you didn't watch one. that, you wouldn't know anything. I mean, yeah, the first, first episode. So you wouldn't know that. So the unfortunate thing is you have to watch at least the back end of Boba, the Book of Boba Fett to understand how things happened, which I'm sorry. Those episodes were pretty good that were yeah, centered were really around good. Din and centered around Grogu. They I were mean, really, good. really good. I liked like, them, they man. Made, they made the Book of Boba Fett worth watching. Um, Did uh, What are they going to do with it? Are they going to do a part two of that one? It's up in the air right now. They've, they've had so many changes there because, um, so this is aside to the actual like Star Wars. This is more just to Disney as a whole right now. Um, so they're in a process of reevaluating all their shows, movies, series, everything. Oh yeah, they did all revamp. To try to clean and try to clean things up because they got too much going out. I mean, one thing that they just canceled that I just read in the. Um, a red headline for right before we got on was they're canceling Willow. Willow, they had a season one of Willow, which I thought was fun. Yeah, it, yeah, it's, it's. I didn't watch it. Cheesy. Um, I liked it. It was fun. I was kind of excited for a season two to hopefully maybe have more of the story open up. Um, but um, yeah, they canceled that based on Lucasfilm because this is a, uh, a property Willow is a Lu- <clears throat> Lucasfilm. Uh, product yeah. so yeah. they canceled it to kind of shore things up and they're trying to shore up things to put in motion to place out a good solid new Star Wars movie yeah and so that's so. kind of the, that's kind of the focus there they've cleaned up the the MCU they're have revamped their release schedule and actually are still revamping it so you might we might lose more things they actually we're losing some and I forget which ones we're losing, but they're changing release schedules. They're getting pushed back and shuffled around. I mean, I wish they do that all the time, but when you look at Phase 4 and how much we got in Phase 4 that was so discombobulated, that's the best word I can come up with it, that they're, they're trying to shore it up to make it a more cohesive story, and they're, they're actually listening to the fans. That's great. The one thing that scares me with Star Wars is they're still letting Kathleen Kennedy lead that, and that's a story. For, that? That's a whole different thing. That she's the she's the she's the Kevin Feige of Star Wars. So Kevin Feige is the the brains behind the MCU, basically the one that's directing, pulling all the strings, what we're going to do here and there. Yeah. Kathleen Kennedy is that same position Star for Star Wars. And when she was announced for that, everybody hated it. And when did she get announced? When, oh, so what was, was released? Before, this before seven, eight, nine was released. Oh, it's been under okay. her. It's been under so, her. Well, she's mm-hmm. so far so good, I think. Besides the movies, no, movies no. suck. What Mandalorian's okay, so, awesome. So was uh, um, John Favreau, and uh, John Favreau is the main driving force behind that. And Kathleen Kennedy has given him free creative control over that. What about with Obi-Wan? the backing of with the backing of Filoni? Um, I don't. I, maybe Filoni was on, hard on Obi Wan, but I Kathleen thought that was Kennedy, pretty good too. Obi Wan was great. I loved Obi Wan, 
And but I, if you want to hear more about Obi-Wan, you can go listen to me and Nick's couple of episodes we have of that, and we're getting back together to finish that up, too. So, Yeah, I didn't... Uh, I started watching some of the one about the, you know, just the regular guys running around. Andor. Andor, yeah. And I couldn't really get into it too much. That's a good one. But see, I'm see, only, yeah, I'm only like two or three episodes in, so I'll go finish it. But go. so I got the you, other TV works with me at Disney Plus. So when you not, watch Andor and you get through it, watch Rogue One right behind it. Okay. It it's it's not Picks a direct right tie in, but it's it's that because Andor Cassian is Rogue One. Okay. It rolls right through. It, you'll see what it's doing. It, it's trying to set up the story so you understand who Cassian Andor is because you meet him in Rogue One, you're like, who's this Cassian Andor? Who's this guy? We have no idea who he is. You know, and then it's just, you get this awesome Rogue One story because I'm sorry, out of the newest movies, if you're looking at Solo, and you're looking at Rogue One, and then seven, eight, and nine. Rogue One is hands and whatever so, you want to say about above. So all there of was them. a yeah, there was a um, uh, cinemassacre with Angry Billionaire and all that kind of stuff. They got a whole bunch of little things they do, but they were talking about Rogue One. Mike Matteo, 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 or something like that was talking with uh with James Rolfe, who's an angry video game nerd, and they were talking about that right when they got finished seeing it, and it was all kind of hype, and then they we t- they talked about uh, spoiler free, and they were and Matt, uh, Mike Mateo was kind of like, you know, I didn't like it that much because it, it's essentially a war movie, and I wanted more of a romp through space, and you're kind of like, I think the romp through space is is great when it's there, but if every one of them's just this crazy romp through space. It's not going to work as well. And, and not to get on this high horse here, but episodes four, five, and six were more than just a romp through space. There was a whole like romance story in it. There was a whole like coming of age tale. It's everything in there that just happens to take place in space in this other universe. That's what you got to do. Now everything's just in this other universe, and we're just throwing together these little ideas. Mandalorians become a Western in space, which is cool. But we needed to have some of these rough and ready like war movies like Rogue One. So I agree with you, but I think that's change it up some, man. Let's keep it rolling. That's a good I idea. I don't want to ever watch anything from Mike Mateo if he's like, I don't want this war movie. I want to romp through space for Rogue One. Well, you know what? Rogue One is a war movie. Rogue One yeah. is the story about the people that stole the plans for the Death Star. And yep. that's it. Yeah, They died doing that. It is set in the freaking credit things, the, the opening prologue of four it says it dead right there that the people of rogue one gave their lives for the plans for the death star you you, you don't yeah. get to say that you don't i'm sorry mike mateo you're well, a moron i'm sorry well, you're I'm, gonna get you're gonna yeah, catch a lot of people don't like him by one. the way a lot of people don't like him for all, all these other reasons but it's just according to reddit you know whoever's talking about it i'm sorry i gotta just but, throw a moron out there because rogue <laughs> one was a brilliant movie well all i'm saying that, that is made it beautiful you, you got a romp you got all these like i said coming of age tales blah 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 blah, blah in episode four five and six you got a war movie in rogue one and you have a western in Mandalorian. So which ones are the top three that everybody likes, if you're going to bring up Rogue One like that? They're all different. Just happen to be set in the Star Wars universe. That's the secret sauce. 
that's what happened to one, episodes one, two, and three. George Lucas was so focused on, he's going on the record of saying that it's all about the special effects that there was no really good story there. You had the great story already written. What's the, what happened to, how did Darth Vader come to be? And that's three episodes. Episode three was actually the, the tie-in for everything. And that's, oh. I'm sure that most people consider episode three the best one out of one, two, and three. It, it is. And it's a great story for the fact of you get to see Obi-Wan really just battle with the whole thing of Anakin, we lost him, he's gone, you know? And you get to see Obi-Wan, like, really put his Jedi skills to test for the first time. Yeah, you saw it some in 1 and 2, and of course in 1 you had the beautiful battle with Darth Maul. Like, there's just so much... Oh, a simile and um, different... I can't even think of the words because Matt Mateo's got me ticked off now. <laughs> um, but just so much symbolism in that dueling of the fates there. And, and there's so many stories about it. And it's... it's oh, well, my gosh. So I'll tell you, this is a little film. This is a little film history. I went to, like, two film schools, essentially. So we've learned about all this crap. And there was a guy back in the day, so just, just bear with me for a minute, that when movies were in black and white, when movies got color... He said, now the film industry is ruined. And your first instinct is to go, what? That's better. They got color now. But think about it. If uh, George Lucas, writing 4, 5, and 6 in 1977, they had all these great ideas for special effects, he couldn't do them. They were technology wasn't quite there. He invented a lot of it. Kudos to him. But what do you think he had to do to make up for not having those special effects? He had to have a better story. He had to have better dialogue. He had to have a better thing happen that didn't require those special effects. He was, so his hand was forced to make a good movie. It's the same way for like, you look at a movie like Fences, and I just bring this up because I just watched it again. I watched it twice. And it's just Denzel Washington essentially at this one house in Pittsburgh. And it's a very interesting movie. They're just talking. It's a play. Now, granted, it's a play that got made into a movie, but that's excellent movie making dialogue uh, reservoir dogs took place all in one spot and that was Quentin's first movie well not first movie one. but uh you know he had a, a he didn't have the money an independent film so he did what he could all shooting in a warehouse mostly and so the point is man make that first and then add the other stuff you do it opposite you mess it up and this is what we're going to talk about in the MCU because this is the same thing they're doing with all these crazy special effects. There's no story at all. I might be watching a cutscene in a PlayStation 5 game, and it's annoying. So, yeah. <laughs> so I'm anyway. so glad you said that. I'm That's so what glad it is. you said that because I have these arguments with people all That's the time. So frustrating. They're like, I want another end game. I was like, so you want just explosions? Well, then just go watch a Michael Bay Transformers movie, and you got it. Oh gosh, I I'm mean, scared of that movie. It, it just it, it, no. Scared you for know, that movie. I should there's say. There's so yeah. many stories to be told in the MCU. Tell the story. Leave the blowing up and the big fights and all that alone. They're not. Oh gosh, and that's why yeah. I like certain movies. And I'll talk. We'll talk about that later. That just that's yeah. another can of worms that you really can get me fired up about. But so, back to Mandalorian. The reason why I think that Mandalorian's working so well is Favreau is writing the story first. Good, good, good. So that's my feeling. Well, let's do this. We're gonna uh, let, we're gonna come back to this 
at some, but probably a couple times as this season goes on. I'd like to have swinging talk about it. I love when you two get together and start talking about this and y'all kind of feed off of each other and bring up new things as we go. Um, and it's great for us as listeners because we get to, uh, to really just helps us think of new thing questions for me. Anyway, when I'm listening, I'll talk, I got other questions kind of like what I had here for you, but, um, that's good stuff, especially for those two episodes. You brought up a lot of stuff that I did not see, uh, watching those two. So I'll, I'll have a new like vision going into the third one. And I'm excited about it now that you said that. And I know that's going to pick up because the other ones are kind of starting off, not necessarily Mandalorian, but the other Star Wars stuff kind of start off slow in the first two episodes. Um, so, but the funny thing is, these first two episodes weren't that slow. They weren't super slow, no. Like but I was, I was impressed by the pace they took on the episode one of season three because it's 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 almost the pace of what they took with episode one of season two, but it's just, I don't know. Favreau's doing something just phenomenal. Well, he's honoring, well. yeah, he's honoring the lore, right? And the fans. And he's, so he's very much. cautious. It seems like before he brings in something new to making sure it mm-hmm. ties into everything. So yeah, he's I mean, definitely doing a good job. Did a good job with yeah. all this stuff. So, Anyway, if you guys like what you hear, please subscribe, leave a comment, give us a rating. That stuff really helps us out. Um, and check us out on our website at hnkexp.com. You can email us at hnkexp at gmail.com for any questions. We also have a Facebook page, gamer group. You can find all that on the website. And uh, join us uh, with some conversation on there. We'd have a lot of fun with that, posting fun game pictures and stuff like that, and just talking about any new releases that came out, such as Metroid Prime for the Switch that I have gotten and not t- opened yet. <laughs> but anyway, all right, check out for the next one we're going to do. The next one we're working on doing Sunday. Let's hope it comes together. Check this out. We're going to rank, it's going to be co- uh, Nick Thimianos. Swinging Thunder, and of course, me and Clear ranking the Final Fantasy games. Um, each one is going to be good. Numbered Final Fantasy only. We're not going to get too deep into all this, so it could go on forever. That might <laughs> so, be a, that's going to be a hot one. We're going to try to fit it in an hour. You're probably going to have some. Ooh. <laughs> so, all right, guys. Thanks for listening. Later. Later.